It is the year 2020. For three months, the peas brushes have sat immobile upon their brush holders. <laughs> I was going to lead into some big long thing, but I've just seen your face and started laughing. So <laughs> it's knocked me out. Yeah, um, sorry. But yeah, so. Uh, sorry, guys. They have been put to task by the will of their wives. <laughs> <laughs> and got no hobby done through the will of their inexhaustible (laughs) children (laughs) to be a listener among such time is to be one among tens (laughs) and (laughs) crying out for yet more content (laughs) but do not fear for you have been missed (laughs) Hail, mighty <laughs> listeners! <laughs> as you can tell, we're as prepared as ever. And a bit broken, um, really. <laughs> Just and a bit broken, and a bit broken. It is absolutely superb to be back. Um, it's great to be chatting to Ben. I can see new curtains up in his new house. Yeah, I took all day. Very, very snazzy. Could have ironed them, mind. I'd nearly swore then. <laughs> 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 the curtains, curtains have broken you. Um, so, guys, thank you for joining us. If this is the first time you are joining us uh, and you've reached this far into the intro, well done and thank you. Um, very impressed by your commitment after that introduction. So, tonight we will go, as ever, onto the hobby desk. Um, not a great deal to talk about. I've got a new hobby desk. I've got a new hobby Ben must have as well. Well, same hobby desk, different a desk. Room. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've forgotten what we do now. Galaxy of War, that's <laughs> right. So we go into the Galaxy of War. Then into the Mortal Realms. <laughs> you can do it, Dan. You can do it. Keep going. Push through, mate. <laughs> There's something about the community. <laughs> and then who knows what we're supposed to be doing at the end. It's either wild or something to do with a ring. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Guys, we're back. <laughs> Let's go onto the hobby desk. Hi guys, and now I've composed myself a little bit after the intro. We are back for our first hobby desk in forever. So I think it would probably be wise just to start off by saying to those that are listening to this um, that have held on to your following of us, thank you very, very much. Yeah, we really because, appreciate it. Um, we do apologise. It's been a a bit of a hiatus um, through my job, certainly pre-Christmas, uh, and Ben moving house. And actually, what's known as life uh, has caused a bit of a break. Um, which we weren't really expecting. It sort of happened, didn't it? Um, and then carried on for a bit. Well, we, I was kind of hoping with the house move that it would, um, <clears throat> it would be as simple as we'd be recording right up until when I actually moved house. Moving house would take a couple of weeks and then we could start recording again. But you end up having to have everything packed away because of you're packing to move and, um, and also people coming around to view the house and that. So it just ended up getting 
silly really it's a bit of a shame but um done now yeah so we are back we are back um and it's good to good to be back as well yeah uh, so thank you very much for following so Ben um you had to pack your hobby desk away literally I disassembled so, it actually it's gone it was in bits mm. it's now back together I'm feeling very mm. small in a big room kind of took up most of my shed, and now it's like takes up a little bit of the corner. Like, Time to expand. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, when is the new um, oh, don't talk to me installation about appearing? Um, well, <clears throat> for, if you're not in England at the moment, you probably don't know, but it has effectively continually rained now for four months. So the back garden of the new house, which is a new build, w- was just mud. And it was my intention to get a new shed and put the foundations in once I've moved in and then put the shed on the foundations. Well, I dug some of the foundations and I now have a swimming pool. Ah, Excellent. Whatever I tried to lay into it is just not going to work. It's just so, uh, it's on hold. And it's a bugger because the shed is going to arrive on the 26th of February, whether I like it or not. And um, and I don't, I don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> Be careful, because if you don't want to delve too deep in Bodmin, you might find a Balrog. You don't need to go below the surface to find a Balrog in Bodmin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he delved too deep, but he found a Cornish maid. Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that is yeah, so. Uh, there's nothing much more to say about that, really, other than my hands are aching from digging and um, the, all the sort of stupid DIY that comes from moving into a house. Um, so, hobby has been fun. It was quite cool, actually, because painting night has forced me to get my stuff out and do something with the guys, which is exactly what painting night is all about for me. It's about a constant motivation, um, you know, having people around you not only to bounce ideas off of. Um, but just, you know, share knowledge and also they, they turn up or nag to turn up once, once a week. Um, which, which keeps me motivated and engaged. <clears throat> it was quite nice because I got my sisters out last Tuesday, which was the last one. And Joe said it, it was really nice to see me doing the hobby because it, it meant that we were starting to relax a little bit. So it was, yeah, quite a nice little moment. I have actually done some hobby. I've been putting together Sisters of Battle, which I wasn't going to get. Uh, 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 and then I got, <laughs> and now I'm very happy I did. I'm just so happy with them. Absolutely in love with them. They're phenomenal. Really, really, really like them. The best bit about that was you um, you spent about three weeks while you were packing up all your hobby, telling me how much stuff you had, Oh my goodness, you've got loads. It's insane. Blah, blah. Oh, 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 oh no, I've bought yeah. some more. <laughs> exactly how it happened. Like almost word for word. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you finding the kits? Because obviously they're a really new plastic kit. So, um, are they multi part? Oh, no, sorry, they're multi part. Are they multi pose? So, at the moment, I've just been working on the ones that came in the sort of starter box set for them. So, they're, um, the, they're virtually easy build, but not easy build, if that makes any sense. So, um, so are they different? Yeah, 
to the ones that are in the main yep. boxes. Yep. How are they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know where they're going to go once the box set is sold out. Well, you know where that's where you can get that sprue from. Um, there might be some of them in there. I don't know. There might the sprue is definitely different. Whether or not some of the actual models within the sprue are the same, I, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. But I'll, I'll work that out as I put together the next squad. But I did also buy the Sisters of Battle to squad just because I wanted to, and it's really cool because the. Um, I don't know the names very well. The Celestia Squad, which is like the... You don't need to point that out. I know. <laughs> uh, the, which are the uh, veterans. The only thing that marks them out is the colours that you paint them, but the fleur-de-lis on the helmet. And mm-hmm. every single helmet comes with a fleur-de-lis bearing option. Even the ones that are being carried under the arm, there's two, one with and one without. The visor raised oh, one, one excellent. with and one without. So it is possible to construct. Um, Coffee delivery. Woo! Ow! Oh. Do you know, I didn't even say grab some refreshments, no. did I? It's because. Outrageous. You alright? Where's my wallet? <laughs> what a thing to ask me. I don't know. You won't find it in here. There's no money in here. There's just stuff. <laughs> Um, downstairs in the drawer. It's a trap. Around. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is around somewhere. Oh, it is around somewhere. Love you. Right, sorry about that. Back now. It's alright. Um, I don't know where I was. I've lost the job. Oh yeah, so you can build the squad. In uh, you know, as squads of celestials, but so it's a really nice kit. I'm very impressed with it, and there's loads of character in there. Um, multi part, yeah, multi pose definitely on the new sprue, uh, as in the, the actual sisters of battle sprue. The one in the box set, you get <clears throat> three where the only difference is their heads, but which I found quite hard because I've made them virtually all helmeted because I love helmeted sisters of battle. Absolutely love it. I think they're one of the best, um, one of the best helmets in fantasy 40k. I love the whole range. Um, oh no, the only thing I'm not keen on is the Peneton engine. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I haven't seen, well, no, I have seen one in the flesh. I saw it a walking one. I I really like them. I think my, the only thing that I'm maybe slightly not, that I think it might be a little weird is the, is the pulpit, but it's very 40k and I quite, I think done right it could look really good um, <clears throat> I'd quite like to see a flyer mm. well, I'm sure they'll get one at some point, No, I think, and it'll be mad, because if the uh, <laughs> that Mechanicum flyer is mad, so we've got so many things to talk through that we have like well, we can cover that off in the, um, the 40k segment, can't we so, you've done some Sisters of Battle. <clears throat> I'm just at the moment trying to... Um, I think we've spoken... Are you doing your yeah, we've spoken about this before, but now we're in the new um, Iron Jaws list. It's it's worthwhile having three war channels. Really, there wasn't much of a point in having more than one or two before. Um, but now there is, because they all, they all buff in a quite a good way. I'd, uh, so, I've done a conversion already. 
which I think I've already posted on Instagram, um, which looks really different and I was very happy with. And that was just chopping up the old kit and sticking some um, brute arms on and, you know, moving his body a bit. So, but this one, to make it completely different, I've um, I've got the Savage Orc Big Boss. Um, yeah. The, which is the bone splitter Big Boss. Um, and I've got the Auric War Chanter kit and I've been mashing them together. So what I'm probably going to do, uh, I was a bit worried about size. Actually, the body's fine. But the hands and the feet are a bit small, um, which sounds right. Oh yeah, sounds yeah. a bit daft, but you know. So what I'm probably going to do is trouser up the legs and put the feet on. Um, swap the arms out completely so that he's holding the two bones rather than the one big axe, um, and build mm-hmm. the orc, and then cut all the armor bits up, which I've been doing. And while I was trying to get my computer to work, which only took an hour. Um, <laughs> I cut my thumb doing that, so uh, I've been cutting the armor plates into bits. Because in the old or war channel kit, it's all kind of like the the back armor comes attached to the shoulder armor, which comes attached to the wrist armor. So you know, it's it's one whole unit. So you have to chop all the bits up. And once I've got the Oric built, I will then stick the armor on where it's supposed to be. Um, the cool thing about Oric armor is that it's, it's nailed directly onto the Oric. So you Obviously. don't you don't need to worry about straps or anything sensible like that. You can just go. It's going to go there because they're going to nail it there, which is good. <laughs> so you not? don't need to worry too much about like whether it would work as a harness because the shoulder armor is nailed onto his deltoid. Yeah, well, oryx are crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. It, it absolutely matters. So they would totally go in for that. Um, other than that, hobby-wise, I've been watching videos because I didn't have much to do. Absolutely yeah. loving um, Darren Latham's masterclass on the Blight Lord, and was gutted to see the end that that's both that and his channel is coming to an end, um, which is a bit devastating. But. Um, that is a shame because that stuff was amazing, and he had lots of followers. Yeah, it, it, it is a real shame. Um, it, it, I will still, I still consider it some of the best education, if not the best educational painting videos out and available. Um, and I, at this point, would urge everybody to get a copy of them off of YouTube in case they get taken down because these things sometimes do when channels end. So. Um, Go and download them if you can, because they're really good. Um, and it is covered so much in them. Um, so yeah, I was sad to see the end of that, but the, the, um, well, to go on from there, really, I am really a bit gutted about it. Um, but yeah, the other videos that I've been watching have been scenery stuff, because one of the things I wanted to do as soon as I got my shed done and have room for scenery, which is something I've never really had, is to get a lot of my scenery sorted. Um, and I've watched a fantastic video. We, we've banged on about Tabletop World n- numerous times, really, haven't we, Dan? Um, yeah. And they've got love. There's a video um, that's been put out as a joint enterprise by Real Terrain Hobbies and Goober Town. So Goober Town is a painter, and obviously Real Terrain Hobbies is a, is a terrain channel. And, um, 
he is building a whopping great table um, where it's effectively a medieval city um, or part of a medieval city and up a valley outside of it. And he got in contact with Tabletop World and they basically sent him everything they had. Um, one of everything they had. And he has built them. Um, what was interesting, actually, Dan, it was quite a cool unboxing thing as well. They come constructed. Yeah. I did not know that. What? Oh, right. Cool. So he just got them out of the box and they were ready to go. I'm guessing that you, you, know, you obviously need to wash the resin stuff off, you know, the mold, mold release agent and other bits and bobs, but he didn't seem to stick anything together, which I was quite surprised about. So That sounds amazing. Does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and then him and the chap from Goobertown um, painted them up, and there was some stuff in there that I would have never thought to do. So, for example, with the walls, um, they'd spray-painted them grey, and then rather than sort of washing them with a dark colour, the first thing he did was brush weathering powder onto it, um, pale weathering powder, so it looked like mortar, and then sprayed it with a with a water spray, um, like you can get from any garden centre or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, it all ran into the cracks and acted like a like, like a almost like a wash in a sense, but a bit more mm. substance to it. Um, and then afterwards, he got a really thick black inky wash um, and put it in places, just blobbed it on, and then used gravity and the water gun to, to let that kind of run in places and weather it. Um, and did a few oh, few right. other things. It looked really, really good. Like, I've always sort of gone with the dry brushy thing. You know, dry brush it up. Um, and never really thought about things like mortar. But having the pale weathering powder in the cracks, I, I was just absolutely in love with it. Absolutely in love with it. And he did a very similar thing with the roofs. So, you know, they, they were painting roughly a, bit, a building each per day, which is, I think, pretty impressive, actually. Because um, mm. what they did is he, the guy from Goobertown had come over, flown from the other side of Canada or something, and they had five days together, and they painted, like, one building each a day. Apart from the guy knocked out about four of the wall sections, five of the wall sections, by using this stone technique because it's quite quick yeah um almost to the point where i'm thinking of going back and get i can't remember the name of the end the, the piece of scenery they released for malign portents do you remember that oh yeah the the uh, like observatory type yeah thing. and and washing and, and doing that mortar thing with that because i mm. i lo- absolutely loved it i thought it looked bonkers good i do like Realistic looking scenery. I love it. It sounds very good. Um, so it's a bit of a long video, but it's definitely worth watching. It really is. And what's really cool is both Real Terrain Hobbies and Goobertown have released the sort of the same video, but for their different channels. Um, and, and they are completely different. So they're, they're approached in a different way. The presenters, you know, have more, you know, the, the guy from Goobertown does, says more on his video and the guy, etc. Um, and they approach it from a different sort of way and talk about different things. So it, it was a really useful way of doing it. Um, sort of double content from the same, different perspective of the same project. Um, so yeah, really impressed with that. Um, that's basically been my hobby. Other than assembling, um, a Lego Mustang 1967 GT500, 
um, for, which was my birthday present. And if anyone wants to gift aid us a, a 1967 GT500 Mustang, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to look after it. Just saying. <laughs> More than happy to look after it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. You have been um, actually been hobbying. Yeah, only recently. So I've had a bit of a change around. So I don't know if I ever shared. I think I might have shared a couple of pictures or it's been in the background or in some of the videos, my games room. Um, I've never really been one to... Like, I was obviously chuffed to have it, but I didn't want to just whack up pictures because I was also very lucky to have it. But I've... um, Hannah is now uh, reached nine months. So we're looking at a bedroom for Hannah. So I have vacated the hobby room. A sad day. The flag was was taken down and folded up. Um, was it taken down by two guardsmen and folded up like that lovely neat way that they do in the American military? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Um, so yeah, the I've, I've moved out of there. Um, you're going to have the gaming table, I think. Yeah, well, well that would be yeah. That's the plan when the flipping sheds yeah. built and the um. And the little the cabinets on the wall, but a lot of the stuff I've managed to move into the box room. I've been very surprised by just how much I've squeezed into the box room. Um, so it's it's obviously quite a lot smaller, but it's cosy. Um, I've even managed to get some more books on the shelves than I had before, which is pretty cool because I found my original um, Warhammer Forty Thousand Third Edition. So I bought an, another one, thinking that I'd lost this one, but I found like it's all. You can see it's all like smashed up. Ben's shaking it's his annihilate, head. It's dude. It looks like you've fed it, it yeah, to but a this, I played so many games with this, mate. I absolutely loved this book. This is this is the version of the game that came with all the army lists in the back. Because <laughs> this is before the codexes. It's not before um, the codexes. Second edition. For third edition. Well, the codexes for third edition were like pamphlets. Yeah. So that was pretty snazzy. So I've, yeah. Oh, excuse me, guys. Just, I've still got a creaky chair. You'll be glad to know. Um, so, yeah, so I've moved into here. Uh, and that was a couple of weeks of crazy moving and shifting and drilling holes in walls and whatnot. Um, but now I'm in. I've been doing some hobbies. So um was feeling a little bit, I think because, you know, a lot of the hobby is driven by, the, the hobby excitement has been driven by the podcast and we weren't getting the chance to record the podcast. I was feeling a bit, a little bit demotivated. Yeah, and there's only one thing to do when you're feeling demotivated about the hobby, and that is get in the car and go to Warhammer World. So that's what I did. Um, and then I did it again two weeks later because um, we went. We went. You weren't available because you were moving house the first week. Where no. you think uh, yeah. the first time we went. Um, so we went up. Um, and I, I won't lie, I, and it's so cool. I love <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we went, um, the, that first time that I went up, we all went up, and then we we went through the miniatures hall. Um, I'll talk a bit about more, more, more about that in a bit. Um, we could talk about a couple of displays, actually, in the, certainly in the Mortal Realms. There's a couple of great ones. But walked into Hall 3, I think it is. Three or four. The main, the big one with the big display, um, and is it Anthony's Prime? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I was just like, "Oh, he 
yes. Because that's the that is the display that stole my soul and gifted it to Corn. <laughs> um because I saw the Kaitan engine on that display <laughs> and I I had to have a Kaitan engine and I didn't have a corn army, so then I had to have a corn army um to have a Kaitan engine. And I loved it, mate. I was just there and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And before I went in to that area, I was like, oh, what should I get? Oh, I might get some Tau. Oh, maybe I'll do something for Age of Sigma. And I came out and I just like straight to the Chaos section, box of Terminators, box of Forge, a uh, pack of Forge World upgrades for World Eaters. I'm doing my Land Raider. <laughs> came home, started boshing on with the Land Raider. And actually, it's finished, dude. Yeah. Go. Oh my god. That Land Raider has been in construction as long as we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, it has. So, um, yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I watched a really good, so here's some actual, uh, valuable hobby stuff. I watched a really good video about using the Vallejo metals, the true yeah. metals, the, what's it called? Liquid gold series. Which you've been sort of, of using for your, brass trim for some time now yeah i've been using it but it's been a bit of a love-hate relationship because i've really struggled to get like a consistency that continues to work and i've been like having putting too much on and it's been really bugging me so i watched a video about it and basically one of the things that i didn't realize was just how much you have to shake them up you have to utterly annihilate them shaking them up and it was funny because I couldn't work out why it was just get what well, why this paint was so thin because I was shaking it, I was shaking it. I stuck the end of a brush in there, the the back end of the handle, nugget. pulled it out, and <laughs> no word of a lump, <laughs> a lump came out like the size of a Swedish meatball. It was, it it, it was ridiculous. So once I'd broken that all up and uh, give it a good shake and stuff, um, it it's been brilliant and ha- keeping. You no, know, you just basically you you have to keep adding a bit of isopropanol to it. Um, I made up a little a little dish out of a bit of tin foil. That's quite a good. I don't know if you do this, but I've got a roll of tin foil that I keep in my hobby room. Um, just and it's really useful to have out for like a palette for like oils at short notice or or this no, liquid I, gold I stuff. Well, you I can don't. just I, fold I, it up into a I little palette and. And use it. Um, that's a ran, random hobby tip. Um, thing of tin foil. Uh, Harriet hasn't noticed it's gone yet, um, which is good. Um, so yeah, liquid gold. Really enjoyed using that, mm. and, and actually, I'm glad I did because it would have been a pain in the butt otherwise. So that's finished. So I was really excited by that, um, and now. I'm painting 46 Chaos Cultists. Uh, yeah, uh, that makes me laugh so much. You are incapable of maintaining excitement or enthusiasm about a project over 10 models, let alone 46. Wait and see. Well, yeah. To be honest... Wait and see me. It's not happening. Well, I've I sprayed them all. Oh, well done. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm up to I'm I'm working through doing all the black at the moment, and I'm I've done it on nineteen of them so far this evening. But I mean, I genuinely hope that you do it because you've been battering on about like 
how you need the cultists to make the army balanced and it would you know for it to make sense and and I think you've been overwhelmed by how many you you needed to do because you've done the same thing as I've do in my head where you know if if I have a warlord titan I need two reavers and if I've got two reavers then we'll have to have at least three warhounds and if I've got three warhounds then I need well, at least nine knights. So then you have to start with the knights before you... And you've done the same and gone, well, I've got 20 space marines, so I need 56. <laughs> well, I cultists. I thought I had 90 altogether, including the ones I painted, but I actually only have 80. Um, oh. So I'm painting... Basically, this will be all the cultists I own will be painted. Um, I would like to get 10 more. Then I can have three units of 30. Which is their maximum size, and then they'll go. When you, if you buy the movement trays for Apocalypse, you get eighteen trays of five, so that's perfect for three units of thirty. Um, that last, that last unit of ten. I know, I know. I'm not going to want. You'll buy that in a box and be looking at it for. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I kind of feel like once I've done that, if I can get that done. Then you can focus on the cool stuff. Well, that's it. The, it it kind of opens the gates then to doing, to adding whatever I want. Like from, I, I'm going to do a character. So I bought the um, the Dark Apostle, which comes with the two little guys that like follow him around. Yeah. Um, and I w- I only bought it for the little guys because I've already got a model that I'd done for a Dark Apostle. But I was looking at the model that I'd done. And I actually think he, he, he will make a more suitable master of executions because he's got a massive great, well, he's got the quad axe from, um, the yeah. blood secretor. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. leaping off a, a rock. So I'm going to use him as my master of executions. And then I'm going to do a bit of conversion work, nothing too much on the dark apostle. Um, few more skulls and uh, a world eater pad here and there, and maybe some chains. Um, and and so he he will be my dark apostle. Obviously, the other guy can be mm. my master of executions, which will be Ace getting him in there. Um, and then I want to do my Terminators because in uh, Faith and Fire or Fire and Faith, I don't know what it's called. Oh, it's not even called that. Faith and Fury. <laughs> 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 Great with the names. Um. In there, there's there's world eater specific legion rules, so you can have a unit of terminators that are basically Kornbazeka terminators, so they strike hard. <laughs> <laughs> They're stronger and they fight twice. Which is well, nice. I'm very much looking forward to to seeing a unit of corn terminators because I think you're missing that kind of mid level stuff in your army. Yeah, yeah, I am a bit. To be fair, I, size wise, yeah. more aesthetically, mm. you got lots of big stuff, you got lots of little stuff. I think you need obliterators and terminators and yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I might add. I don't know if you. I don't know what your feeling is about obliterators. Oh, I like them. Well, do you remember we had a conversation? Oh, well, okay, six months ago now, where I was talking about like how I kind of like the idea of putting all those sort of units in a world eaters army because i think unless you know 
I said this, but world eaters are not. Some of them are, but in general, they're not ever saw assassins. They don't all get put into stasis in between planets because they'll flip out. Some of them do. <laughs> but so, you know, there are some. There's that one in Aaron Dembski Bowden's book who, who just loves having a heavy bolter because it is flipping brutal. Yeah. Um, and so I really like the idea of doing like world eater havocs. But yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I quite like to get the chaos space marine box because there's some, there's some good sort of running legs and stuff in there. Yeah. So get that, the world eaters upgrade kits and then have like, yeah, I probably wouldn't give one a last cannon, but I, I'd probably go for like a couple with heavy bolters and maybe one with a rotor cannon. Yeah. Running forward. Um, I, I love that idea. I think that would look really ace. Um, the thing that holds me back still, <laughs> frustratingly, is, um, <sighs> corn berserkers, because the kit is so old. And I don't have a problem with that particularly. I, I'm quite pleased with my corn berserkers. They, they kind of work. Um, but I want, my heart now sort of wants to be a bit more world eaters focused. So, my corn berserkers don't have any world eaters iconography on them, so corn berserkers can be from other legions. That's yeah. part of their their background. So I'm tempted to go and get a load of the world eater kits from Forge World, and then use all those pieces to do. And I, and I don't mean right away because I've got corn berserkers, but go back, mix them in with the Chaos Space Marine box, do new corn berserkers, then use the same parts on. Havocs and then the same parts on all different things. Um, but I can't help thinking at some point they're going to do a corn berserker kit and then I'll. Variety is the spice of life, man. Yeah, We've talked but... about like evolving armies and if you, if you build yourself like a unit of 10 and just did it, kept it to like a sensible level. <laughs> Ten or twenty corn berserkers, <laughs> sensible level. Then, um, yes, yes, okay. Then you'll have like different corn berserkers, and you can say they're from different, different legions or different, you know, war bands or whatever. Yeah, you are right, Billy. Um, but and then they're amongst, all different. Amongst all of that, I also want to get three of the the little blood slaughters, the little like crab looking demon engines. Yeah. And uh, and and use them as a bodyguard for a brass scorpion. You're now writing a, a shopping list rather yeah, than I talking about. I'd say, I'd say, yeah. Cool. Before so, you start telling me about the stuff you're planning to do in 2025, yeah. <clears throat> so not loads of hobby, but we've still managed to talk for half an hour. Dude, we could flap our guns for hours, really. I mean, the thing is, as well, we don't have a bloopers reel. The whole thing is a bloopers reel. So we don't, nothing gets left out. Yeah, that's true. Um, Shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that in mind... 48. Let's move to the Galaxy of War. Okay, welcome to the grim darkness of the far future. And what an awful lot of stuff has been going on in here. So, um, Ben and I 
decided not to simply recap everything that's come out because we are a little bit behind. A little bit. Uh, and we just, will get back up just together. Just a tiny little bit. Only a little bit. Just a little bit. So we're going to talk about the stuff we think is cool, starting with crazy bat-like... Well, one might say batshit crazy. <laughs> Mechanicus Flyer. I love it. I think it's Dude, I love it same. as well. I love it. There's quite a few... Well, I say there's quite a few. It's the usual it's uh, Facebook sand but box thing the bobbin but um people s- that are don't like it because they feel it doesn't fit the aesthetic for mechanicus but yeah well you know i think the whole thing about the mechanicus is they are mental yeah that, that's kind of where i am with it because i the mechanicus silhouette i think jess goodwin calls it is weird you know, it's it's odd. There's limbs that are not the right length. There's you know guns that are far longer than they should be. There, you know, it's different. You've got a mixture of highly mechanical stuff with monk-like robes. It, it's it's odd. It's meant to look odd, and I think when people think about Mechanicum, they think about. But this is the thing with forty k. Is is we're giving us we're given a snapshot, a tiny little snapshot of what is available, um, unless it's something like there's some things where we're not. We're given the whole picture. So Space Marines, you see all of their equipment, all of their troops, but Imperial Guard, for example, they will have tanks in the Imperial Guard that we've never even heard of. There will be whole tank regiments made up of something that isn't the Lehman Russ. There are. But the Mechanicum has got access to all sorts of mad and crazy nonsense. And 99.9% of it, they don't understand what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, that there's is true. every chance that that flying thing was made because somebody dug out Da Vinci's sketches and thought it was yeah. an actual real thing and then built yeah. it. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense to me that when. They release something for Mechanica. My brain goes, eh? Because that's... Well, and I, I like, like, the... Like, take the guys on horses, right? I love them. I love that. And I love the idea that the Mechanica... They would, they would, they would see a horse and they would think, hmm. Do you know what would make that better? Definitely. Let's make it out of robots. Let's <laughs> like, make it out of robots. Yeah. And then they, they wouldn't... You can see them not even thinking about, well, what we could do is have a jet-powered, like a jet bike, They'd be like, no, no, horse, mechanical, mechanical horse. Yeah. You know, they, because <laughs> yeah. they're mad. They're mad as hatters. Um, and they've got flyy troops. And what a fantastic way to sort of expand, you know, and how exciting as well if you're a mechanical player. So you, you've basically gone from the point. It was, it feels like only yesterday that mechanical players and Games Workshop take the mick out of it as well, were asking for a transport and going on and on about needing a transport. And now we find ourselves, and we've, they've, you've got the transport, you've got the, the transport also makes a, a, a tank um, and a flyers on its way and jet troops. When I say jet troops, they're winged, but the, the, their troop type would be jet, I suspect. Um, and then the cavalry... It's, oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Mm, I really love them. I absolutely love them. And 
I got quite upset when they first released the Scutarii because the only real book that I'd read with Scutarii in was Titanicus. And the Scutarii and Titanicus were were basically Goliath with yeah. guns strapped to them. They were yeah. massive. They were the size of a space marine. They were barbaric. So they had like skulls and totems and long hair and all sorts going on. They they described as like have feathers was one of the things I think that he, mm-hmm. he said was on them. Um but they were savage troops. Like you know, and so precise as well. There's this wonderful bit where this admet guy is like, What's our chances of survival? And the Scutarii sergeants like twelve point five six seven three percent. Yeah. But it goes up to 15.432 if Bob uses his grenade launcher. That's <laughs> right, like, yeah. And I was yes. like, that is amazing! Yeah. Just these... So when they brought out like the Scutarii, and they were very much like, looked like just normal mechanical dudes, I did. I was upset that they didn't look like Dan Abnett's fantastic image of a Scutarii, until I thought, well, no, because... Every single Mechanicum world will have their own version of Scutarii. Um So yeah, I, I just think Mechanicum is meant to and should be a little bit mad, and and the silhouette should be not all that. I don't think it should be uniform. I think it should look a little odd. Mm, definitely. What are you reading? <laughs> well, I thought I'd have a look at the news section of Warhammer Community site. Um, just give me a, a flavour of the things that have come out, jog my memory. And somehow, the article about animated heroes had passed me by. Which one? The animated heroes. So it's it's about um a forty k animated series. Oh yeah, do you know what? How did you miss that? Well, I don't know now. Looking at it, well, the Blood Angels one. No, no, no. This is different. They're doing the um the children's books. In animation. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I, I, in summary, I like the um, the Mechanicum stuff. And and there's a Zote. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, <laughs> I was just so happy about that. I know. I, it, it is excellent, isn't it? It's so cool that they're revisiting all these things. And I, it. it's, it's excellent that they've got the the games to give them the mechanism to do that. <laughs> that was exactly what I was about to say. So yes, I totally agree with you there. Um, so we've got a Zoat coming. It looks like Gazgul Thracker's coming back. Um, there's a. Uh, I don't. I, it might even be the next one actually in the Psychic Awakening series because the Greater Good is out today. I think with a fantastic new Shadow Sun model. Yeah. Love that. Always love Shadow Sun. I think she's a fantastic character. Only, not not only because, you know, she's the only she, that always stuck out to me that they, you know, they they had a character for, but because her armour was always so different and so, like, exotic. Um, Yeah, I've always loved her model. She yeah. she'd be a great one if I was a Tau player. I'd definitely have her through the ages as like a yeah yeah definitely because be cool. I think 
This is is this, this a sec is this a third version? It might be a third version. Or was it just the metal one and then this one? It, no, yeah, it's only the second one. Yeah. Definitely would have both. Yeah. Yeah, so I reckon Gascoth Rack is probably just over the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to look amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, they've got Makari, his little little sidekick, who used to, I remember, yeah. he was last around in second edition. Um, and he used to have like a, a two plus save, but it wasn't because he had armor. He was just lucky. Yeah. So he would like see something shiny on the ground. Look. Your alt codex. <laughs> second edition alt codex I found the other day. He would see something shiny on the ground, lean down to pick it up, and at which point a shot would like go over his head and annihilate one of Gaskell's bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm really glad. Yeah, we'll have to see. Look at that. Look at that Gaskell. I've always wanted that model, that the original Gaskell Thracker. Because I used to have that a long time ago. When I was a kid, I played collected Space Marines, and everyone around me collected Space Marines. So. I tried to sort of add to my Orc army that came with a second edition box set to create something to play against, um, which led to some pretty bizarre conversions. But um, I always wanted that model. But I was always really intimidated by it because mm. there's just so much detail on it. Uh, it. It is. It's a very busy model, isn't it? And I always used to think, well, I'd never be able to paint that. It's interesting, mm. actually, thinking back to that mindset as a as like a nine-year-old ten-year-old what what excited me about models and what put me off and one of the things that did put me off was if a model was really busy i i I often used to think well i'd never be able to paint that properly so i don't want to get it because i just ruin it Mm. um and i do wonder now whether that has an impact on what people buy when they're starting out because there's some insanely detailed stuff out there now. Yeah, and I guess, I guess that's why so much work's been done um, on like the painting videos and things. Mm. I think there's there's been a very real recognition in the last few years of the barrier that painting can represent for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's also worth mentioning that. If I'd have got any of the models that I painted, particularly my orc ones, and stuck a watered down Devlin mud or Agrax Earthshade over them, that you know, <laughs> it would have looked a lot better. But back then, you just had I had such a limited range of paints. I had one wash, which was flesh wash, and that was it. Um, and I didn't use that very well at all. I didn't really understand how to use that. It, um, and then it very not long after that went to inks. And inks mm. were inks were different. It's, you know, they were. I think Games Workshop went towards a here is the core product. You must make the other stuff out of it, which I don't think did them very good when it comes to the painter being a barrier. Because I used to have to make washes out of inks using. Oh, we spoke about this before, but using a surfactant and watering it down, so soap or something, and a couple of other things were shoved in there and it would create a wash so when they released the washes as a wash i was like yeah yes yeah. you know that's, a, that's so much better mm, especially definitely. if they were matte because they used to spend hours trying to get things back to being matte otherwise everything was shiny in the cracks and it used to drive me crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Anyway, yeah, so 40k, we've gone off back onto painting. No, that's all right. Um, the chibis are out. Yeah. So we both got one. You've got a Grey Knight and I've got um a Skatari. Amazing way soldier. to flush three pounds down the toilet. Oh, mate, honestly, they were just sat next to the till at Warhammer World. And I just, I said to you, didn't I? This is a fantastic way to push up your average transaction value. Because you just, you're just there and you're just like, I wasn't even going to get one. And I was like, I've just bought one. I don't even <laughs> recall how this has happened. happened you know? <laughs> and then yeah. you're like, uh, to be honest, it wasn't a, it wasn't a primary. I just need to get another one. And you could st- you could so easily stand there. I'll tell you like where they should put minutes. them. It would be probably like immoral, but they should put them on the bar. Yes. If they if they had them on the bar, at Bugman's, yeah. I I know I would have bought at least one more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised as well that I haven't seen them in more places. Um, where did I go the other day? I went into a Smith. So Smith, WH Smith, sell all sorts of random tat all around the flipping <laughs> tills, don't they? <laughs> well, they do. No, it's, it's true. It's normally at eye level with a pram. That's what I find with WH Smith. They're assholes That's for true. that. Yeah. So especially at Easter, it ends up yeah. like you're, you're trying to tame a Hell beast trying to get a kid <laughs> yeah. round the base of Easter. It's awful. Yeah. So I was surprised they don't do it because they stocked the Mortal Realms magazine. Um, oh, don't. And they did stock the Conquest ones. Oh, you just triggered me then. We need to talk All about right. that magazine, man. Oh. We're, in a minute, in the Mortal Realms. Yeah. So anyway, I and then I went into like um an independent stockist. That's a game shop that again sells lots of like manga and chibi type stuff and didn't have them. And I was like, this is weird. But I suppose they've only just come out, to be fair. Um, I also think they were, they're not particularly aimed at the British market, I don't think. No. No. But yeah, I suppose not. Um, also, what else is called? Space Marine Adventures has come out in the UK, and I've got it. What are you doing that for? No, no, yeah. You haven't even played it. When I said, "Do you want to play it?" You were like, "Nah." No, well, this is this is the thing. It's not really, it's not really captured me at all. I mean, it's, it's good. good fun. It's mind you, it's a good way of getting that box of heroes. Yeah, well, and and I got Harriet played it as well, which is the first time she's ever played a games version game. Well, that's cool. So, so that was cool. It is fun. It is good fun, actually. Very straightforward, so that's good. Um, there's a new Dark Angel out, but we don't care about him uh, particularly. And Forge World brought out some Dark Angel. Forge World have been kicking butt, man. Have you listened to the latest um, episode of Boxcast? No. Oh, mate. Um, now, this is... Uh, well, I always do this, so this won't come of any surprise. I can't remember the guy's name. So... Um, I, I seem to remember that I couldn't pronounce it as well, which is not going to be very good either, is it? Um, the latest episode of Voxcast is with the designer Anu Malhotra. I've just butchered that. I know I have. I'm so sorry. Episode 30. Um, and he is a designer, background writer, rules writer for Forgewell. Mm. And he was talking about the heresy and what was cool about the heresy and how it was like, how it was so exciting because it was right on that point where actually the people fighting 
still believed that everything would be okay, but they were obliterating worlds in doing so. Um, and uh, and he was talking about all the different prime. Oh, I was like, oh, I just want to do heresy again now. So that's really worth a listen. And then you see the tanks and stuff they're bringing out. And it really feels like they've gone back to their roots a bit, Forge World. You're getting some really cool, unique, different-looking tanks. Um, the 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 Dark Angel infantry are quite cool, um, but it's, I I love tank. I just think Forge World and tanks is all about tanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the like the bombard thing that they did, and the the tiny little I don't even know what it's called, the scimitar type. Yeah, thing. that's a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. They're tiny. Yeah. They're little. They're like little one-man flipping sniper death tanks. Um, yeah. So I, I really like that from Forge World. And then uh, keeping on the theme of Forge World, uh, going towards specialist games, Adeptus Titanicus. So we've got another Titan class now, um, which has been, people have been wanting for a while. The What's the mid-sized one called? Warmonger. Warmonger. Um, with the giant cannon on the back. So that's come out. And the scenery is just... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Cranes. new Mechanicum scenery, that that stopped us in our tracks, really, because we're now at the point where you can make a properly nice board. Not mm. not just a kind of random scattering of odd-looking buildings, but like a, a properly nice board with some details in. Bit A bit puzzled as to why there's so few of the... Of the little things, the scattery things, like the containers in there. They'd have probably done well if they'd have just released like a £10 box set with 10 containers in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so, yes. So, so good stuff for that. Aeronautica. Um, actually, I am going to go back. And I am sorry. I'm going to trigger you again now. We have to talk about this transfer business. Oh my what god! What on earth is Don't going even, on? I literally, I, I yes, I very much lost my temper with this. How the hell can a transfer sheet be out of stock in a pre-release? Just print more of them. It's <laughs> it's not hard. No, I'm not joking. I've been waiting for the Astorum transfer sheet for the whole year, and it's out of stock already. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's the only thing that genuinely gets right up my ass when it comes to Forge World and Games Workshop. It just drives me crazy. I mean, just print it. Just go to the printer and press print. It's strange because... Well, give me the digital files and I'll print it on my printer. Just just print more. Lots more. (laughs) I... Do you know, I remember a time when it just seemed like everything was out always. Like, you never thought there would be stuff you couldn't get. Yeah. But it's not an uncommon occurrence. But yeah, I thought... I mean... I know there's such a thing as not anticipating demand, but this is just ridiculous. Especially when it's it's not just gone to temporarily out of stock. No, like it's just some gone. Of the it's just out car- of stock. Cards. It, it's, yeah, it's gone. No longer available. And the bit that's really frustrating is you know without a doubt, and I, you know, I guess, well, no. It ain't coming the, back for a while. Well, not so much that, but by limiting it in that way, you can bet your bottom dollar They'll that be if on I eBay. were to go onto eBay right now, yep. I would find them because somebody's bought them and put them on there. 
Oh, it frustrates me. That frustrated me so much. Yeah. When when it comes to plastic box sets and books, I I get it, right? Because it's they're not easy to manufacture, and they're not in control of the fully in control of the book manufacturer because they they don't I don't think they do it in house yet. Um, I know that we, that we heard about them wanting to do it in house, and the plastics, yeah, you know, there's only limited plastic making machines, and they have to do them in runs. I I get all of that, but when it comes to transfer sheets, where it's a sheet of paper of special paper with a print on it, it baffles me, Dan. Absolutely baffles me. I mean, there are literally companies that if you, you go online and order a sheet, they will they will send you a sheet. They'll print it and send it to you. And you can draw it on a napkin. You've made one, and it, they will send it to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how a company like Games Workshop can can have such a stock issue with transfers is just incredible. It's incredible. Uh, and and as, as we were saying, so, yeah. They're on eBay for like 40 quid. At Legio Astorum, one chap selling £45 a sheet, he's got five of them. Yeah, that just drives me absolutely... Then send the squad of Sisters of Battle around his house. and Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's annoying. Um, <laughs> it's like the most that, aggressive I've ever been on this podcast, and I very I much apologise, but it's I have been waiting for that transfer sheet for... Yeah, triggered, fully triggered, calming down. <laughs> um, Aeronautica, so the Tau are joining the fight, and Valkyries, and I did look it up, it is the, it is the sort of modern version of the Lightning. All right, yeah. That's in there. So, um, some more flyers. So that's cool. The Valkyrie looks so nice in that scale. Yeah, it really does. The Orc bomber, the heavy bomber, is massive. Yeah, I couldn't get over it when we saw it. It's so much bigger than I thought it was. It takes up like a significant proportion of the board that came with the game. And the little grot bombs, they're ace. I think grot bombs are. It's so funny so that funny. that announcement though, because it was literally that morning or the day before. Um, and I think I might have messaged you, but certainly we were in. I was chatting to Ben Chambers, and we were saying it's weird. It's like petered right out that game, and I and I don't understand, and I don't know why they've just done the two factions, and then the next day it's like boom. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. So, yeah, you know, trying to pack up my stuff, I did come across a few things when it comes to the, the, those releases that just I don't really understand either. Why does the why does the board that you can get for Aeronautica not fit in the Aeronautica box? Why does why do the new plastic boards for Necromunda not fit in the Necromunda box? Where everyone is clearly storing their boards. Mm. I mean, I could, go, <laughs> just, just, I could go on about that for a little while as well. So I've now got like three separate containers with three different board sections for, for Necromunda. It's. <laughs> well, no, I'd very much like to put them all in one. Just, you know, anyone's listening who designs these things. <laughs> Like, please think about storage, because we now have so much of it, we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. 
it's that's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? I've been um really excited by Necromunda. They they've bought bringing out the Goliath book, um, and they've done some new models, new plastic models as well. Yeah. Um, for that, and then the slave gangs. Oh, those and then slave ogrins are one of the. Uh, yeah, I was going to say they previewed the ogrins as well, haven't oh, they? Oh, that's just gorgeous. Um, they're so grim dark. They're fantastic. I, what I've got to say, I was really happy, very, very pleased to see that kind of what to expect from Necromunda thing for 2020. You know, mm. it, you know, this is this is the sort of outline of what you're going to get because. It means there's still going to be models and maybe little releases that catch us off guard and excite us, but I now have an idea of what to expect this year, so I can plan it in my head. Yeah, and it was quite cool to see that almost straight away, something that wasn't on there came out as a surprise. Well, the really big dudes. Well, there was the slavers. Yeah, yeah. And the Ogrens weren't on there, were they? Well, it just goes to show that that, that those books aren't going to be just about Escher or Goliath or Cordor or whatever. They're going to be a bit broader than that. So you're going to have things in there that, you know, which I think is really important. Otherwise, from a release sort of point of view, it makes sense for them. Otherwise, people who don't like Goliath aren't going to get the Goliath book. The people who don't like Escher aren't going to get the Escher book. If you know there's other stuff in it, you're going to do it. Yes. And end up with a bookcase full of Necromunda. Yeah, well, I have to give some thought to that. So I um, I started collecting all the Titanicus books. Mm. And there's another one out of that at the moment. There's something of iron um, that's £22. And I started collecting all the Necromunda books. So the, the, the House of Chains is out, which is £28. So it's £50. I've not even bought any models yet. Um, and I thought it would be a great idea to collect the Psychic Awakening series to stay up to date with what was going on. And I have enjoyed reading them, to be fair. So that's... I need to get the greater good. That's 25 So that's not, that's £75. I haven't bought any models. It's just... But... <sighs> you know, I was... When we went up to Warmer World, I had... I was looking at Wrath of the Everchosen. And I'm just like, oh, where am I going to put them all? <laughs> mm, well, that's a serious question, you know. I mean, but the trouble is, it's kind of a, you know, this is obviously first world problems. It's a ridiculous thing to complain about, but it's like I'm not actively doing a lot of gaming at the moment because the gaming room's gone, um, gaming space is gone, mm. and, and getting out and about and gaming. So. I'm not necessarily using the content a great deal, and I do read some of it, but um, again, spare time is I try and use painting. The problem is, if you fall behind, the cost of catching up when you do get to that game, that's why I quite like Blood Bowl. Yeah. The way they do it, because that you've got Spike Magazine all year, which you can keep on, you know, it's not, it's not ridiculous to keep up to date with price rise wise if you are actively playing but if you're not active at like myself you can just buy the annual yeah. once a year yeah absolutely which is what i do and intend to keep doing yeah um but you know i do get it as we've said many times there will be people that just play titanicus so there needs to be enough for them um 
Oh, and then of course there's the Aeronautica book as well. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. It's four books. So that's. <sighs> but theoretically, that's that's a quarter. I'm going to, in my head, imagine that Aeronautica and Titanicus are going to work roughly the same as Necromunda. So you get one book release a quarter. Yeah. I. It's been just this couple of months, an insane amount of awesome stuff has been released. Um, and I know I've dragged the tone a little bit down with my transfer rant, but, you know, with the hobby is passion, you know? Yes. The hobby yeah. is passion, and and Titanicus, for me, is one of the most exciting things that has happened in, in a long, long time um, for the hobby. So it was a new scale, new everything, um, and I loved painting them. And I love getting stuck into them. So, when the Legion that I chose got the transfers and they're sell out in the first, you know, it's a difficult pill to swallow in some ways. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, hopefully, well, I don't know. I mean, I bought, look, I had a bit longer with the Graphonicus ones because I, they, they actually got the chance to go to la- last chance to buy. Yeah. Didn't so I bought get the one. Chance to get a first chance to buy. No, I bought one lot when they came out, and then I bought another one just in case. Um, my refreshments turned out perfect. Sorry, that's why I I've not been joined <laughs> by my new cat. I have a new cat, which if you've been looking at the photographs, you see joins us for paint tonight. She's an absolute terrorist. Yeah, is she clinging on to your beard yet? Uh, no, she's currently climbing all over my hobby though. It, well, the goal was to get behind the curtain, so now we're behind the curtain. I was going to say, I hope yeah. she's just gone behind the curtain, because otherwise there's something behind your curtains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, shall we move on to Warmer Fancy? Yeah. The, what? <laughs> oh, my dear. The Mortal Realms. Let's go into the Mortal Realms. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners, and we are in the old world. No, mortal rounds. No, no, we can be back in the old world again now, can't we? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not out yet. There's but a map. There is a map, and oh my days. It's very exciting because it. it's it's almost... You were talking about this. It's almost like if you go from a cynical side... We've been sold a whole new Mortal Realms. We've bought into that, and now we're being resold what they destroyed. Oh yes, it's genius. Um, <laughs> but I don't care. But do you know the best <laughs> bit about that? Though they really are only giving the people what they want. Yeah, I because yeah, I like you. Yeah. It it makes absolutely no odds to me if they. I've got a high elf army. If. They re-released High Elves. I'm not, you know, we don't know anything about the game, but if they re-released High Elves, I'd, I'd, I'd buy it all again. <laughs> Just yeah. because. Why not? It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, talking about High Elves. I was just right. going to say, let's talk about Elves. Oh, uh, my days. I have not been that excited in 
I can't remember when with regards to this hobby. Those spearmen make me so happy. Yeah. They are amazing, man. They are amazing. So they're the Lumineth Realm Lords. And I was reading about their like symbols and stuff and, and how they draw upon the symbolism from the High Elves and And that's interesting as well. There seemed to be a lot more open in those articles about talking about the world that was, Mm. and yeah, um, and that whole process of of moving from that to what we've got now. I love the spearmen. I love the horsemen. Yeah, they're just they're just superb. Um, interestingly, I don't know if you read it when I sent you the article. If you read their background, they seem to have be in some ways drawing on some of the stuff from the Eldar. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, you know, I do. Having, like, elements, so they're, they're, isn't it? And Well, they're, um, they're, 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 they're a race of elves who, whose like, main purpose is to seek perfection in everything they do, which is very high elf. Mm-hmm. Um, and as such, they they go through life trying all these different things, and it it sounds like they got a little bit led like led astray for a little bit, but they've come back under the guidance of Teclas and Tyrion and yes. brought them back online. But one of the cool things about the mortal realms is that realm stone is different in every realm. Mm-hmm. So it's like a sand in um, uh, 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 Shaish. Um, it's, it's, um, oh, what's it? The Reign of Fire. Is it's the, is it the Urgold? It's not, is it? Anyway, it's different in every realm. And in this realm, its property is that it, it helps them in some way seek, uh, a step towards perfection. But in doing so, it focuses their mind and makes them like, better at what they do. Yeah. But in doing so, it draws away not their soul, but their kind of um personality. Per yeah, well the Yeah. They become more and more um aloof. More and more high elf. Mm. Like they take it to the point where they're you know, they're virtually you know, so inhuman it's probably an odd word that you know, I think I don't think a human would be able to relate to them very well, um, which I really like. It, it is. It took me a month, the, the last month, to sort of really get my head around whether I liked it or not. But actually, I've decided I really do because um, you could end up with like this, this units like the Swordsmasters of Hoeth, where they are virtually Swordmaster automatons. Mm. You know, they, their whole life is so dedicated to that one purpose that if you wanted to have a conversation with them about, you know, an elven tea ceremony, they'd look at you like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the weather. I'm here to talk about how to do swords. Um, I think my the most exciting part of the release for me, without question, is Eltharian. Yeah. Um because Eltharion has been the touchstone for the High Elves for such a long time. The kind of, his story, his, his evolution from 
like the typical High Elf Lord on a griffin, down to the Blind Swords Master, and now his spirit is literally animating armor. It's just yes, all the yes, yeah. And what a beautiful model! What an incredible concept. That's you know, in the past when someone would when they've created something where they're like, oh yeah, the spirit's moving that armor, it would just be a suit of armor with. You know, and you would assume that the spirit was in there, but there's gaps. It's mm. it's fully like hollow. It's just astonishing. It's an astonishing, astonishing release. I mean, the only thing that I'm a little bit reticent about is Teclas. Um, but I feel that he is definitely one of those models I need to have in my hand to really get like what what's going on there because it's a little odd. Having the beastie with him up in the middle of nowhere, and I, I think it, someone has clearly thought about that in a much more three-dimensional sense, and that's what's happening a lot with characters. They're almost dioramas mm. in their own right. Oh yeah, well, you only <laughs> look at the triumph of Saint Catherine, or um, I, I can't even Car- put into Carrot words Boss. how much the triumph of Saint Catherine is one of the, my favourite things that's ever been done for forty k. It's just. Yes, so yes, <laughs> all the yes. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that in person. I really would. But the, the, again, one of the things that has been really well done is they've 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 thought about it, like to the tiniest little details. So the the spearmen don't have leg armor, no, because their shields do the leg work. Yeah. They don't have leg armor, so they can move when they need to move rapidly, because their their shield work will cover their legs. Uh-huh. It's good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It's so, so good. good. Excuse me. Now, some things have not changed since we previously recorded, such as me yawning all the time. Um, they're going to do archers. They've made they've made reference to archers, haven't they? Yeah. Look at that grin. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm so happy about it. It's 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 just I'm really glad that they have basically reimagined those old units and such a, you know, they've done the archers, they've done the spearmen, they've done the cavalry. Because those things were so fundamental to the elves that the thing that made elves unique in a way is they did the simple stuff better than everybody else. Yes. You know, there was no dragon riding, like, or griffin riding normal cavalry. They just rode horses. And they did it better than everybody else. You know, they they weren't like weird, fancy, you know, units. They were just a dude with a sword. And the dude with a sword did it better than everyone else with a sword. Oh, yeah. Cost a hell of a lot more points, though. Yeah, but they should do. They were amazing. One of my favourite bits in a book in the old world was when um, an Empire Greatsword went to draw his sword to attack an elf in a parley or some meeting. I can't remember the details. It was about 20 years ago when I read it. And um, the Swords Master of Hoeth drew his sword, cut off the Greatsword's head and resheathed his sword before the guy had even pulled the sword out an inch. So, dum dum. So, like, no, put it back. <laughs> and all the other great swords were like, oh. <laughs> oh, you're a lot better with them than we are. <laughs> it's such a good bit. Because I think in the old world, it was always 
a bit like the, the weirdness that we have with trying to imagine exactly what an Astartes is like to the people around them. I, I remember reading the Ambassador series, which if, if you haven't read, you've got to read because it's just, it's brilliant. And how an Empire Knight was just a whole tier above everybody who they came in contact with. They were, they were trained to such a level that, you know, if they took on five normal humans, it would be like, yeah, that's done. <laughs> it's just it's just a given that they would win that. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and a really well written two books, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, wonderful, really wonderful. So before you fall asleep, I'm not falling asleep. I'm just listening. You're looking like you're just <laughs> no, no. I I was just thinking about the Ambassador Chronicles because they are really, really good. Um, I can't wait to see when they bring back the old world. I mean. Watching Louis Sugden painting that map, that's just like the the effort that they're putting into it. They're really they're just going for it, hundred percent. Yeah, and I was just, it's going to be amazing. We don't even know that's what it's going to be yet, do we? No, we don't. And I'm still excited. Yeah, <laughs> it might just be a book. It might just be a big background book. So another book for you to buy every I th- every quarter. I think that is just not going to be the case. <laughs> I really hope it's not. But Well, it's a miniatures company, dude. Yeah, miniatures company that sells so many books you can't afford miniatures. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true, isn't it? <laughs> that is a good point. So, um, so we've had the elves. We know about the elves. Um, we've had a whole bunch of new warbands for um, Beast Grave, Warhammer Underworlds. Um, mm, yeah, because we had the ogre. Um, yeah, yeah, the ogre that I thought was going to be a white lion, but didn't you? The hunter, yeah, Tur- yeah, it turned out to be a saber tooth, which I'm equally as happy about because it's just an amazing model. Uh, Nurgle, Nurgle stuff for for that as well. Um, yeah, came out. Dan will be cursing now. He'll be like, but what about this? But what about that? Uh, I think, did we have... Yeah, we did have Cities of Sigmar by then, because Dan came on and spoke about that. Um, Talking of that, I went to... When we went, sorry, when we went together to Warhammer World, we saw some absolutely excellent Age of Sigmar armies, didn't we? Oh, it was the Throne of Skulls tournament, and the, the level of hobby was... Was just incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, what a fantastic demonstration of what Age of Sigma could be about. I could have put probably ten armies in the cabinet, and and have left armies out that equally deserve to be there. You know, the shortlist of six must have been so hard for the event organisers to whittle down, and yes. every single one of them was just superb. The the cities of Sigma stuff that people are conjuring up, you know, units of halflings. Yeah, that was brilliant. It's just and brilliant. like, um, mechanical monsters that were that we saw. Um, yeah, there was a null null army, or like, what, yeah. you know, what would be a null army? So, you know, in black and gold with lots of guns, and it, yeah, that was that was superbly done. Um, there was a spider army with spider webs and all sorts going on. I, it, we, we, I posted a few of them on our Twitter. 
Um, what I think I'll probably do is do an article on our webpage with all the pictures that we saw, of all the things we saw, because um, there is there was so much going on that I think the people, people there really deserve to have their armies recognised, to be perfectly honest. And um, I, I think a good quarter of the armies there could have been in a Warhammer community South school, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. It, and it was wonderful to see. Yeah. Really. And it was such a nice atmosphere as well. Everyone was really happy, really chilled out, but, like, focused on their games, but, like... It was quite... I mean, understandably so, I suppose, but it was quite different to the atmosphere two weeks before when I went um, and the GT was on. Mm. Um and and certainly, without a doubt, in the future, if I was going to go to an event, I'd be going throwing the skulls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a different different type of thing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's the key thing that I think is important when you know when thinking about events is that you've got to go to the one that suits you. Otherwise, you're going to go there and be upset that you didn't enjoy it because it wasn't your kind of event. Well. That's kind of half your fault in a way, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah, yeah. If, oh, yeah. If, if I went, if I went to like a super competitive event and got upset that it was super competitive, I just almost don't really have a right to. Mostly, just laugh at you for that. Mm, yeah. One of the things I'm quite cool, quite keen, and really excited to see, thinking about. It, other areas of Age of Sigmar, is to see the, the war bands from Warcry expanded into box sets and put in as units. Yeah. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of that, actually. So, so for example, just <clears throat> just hinting at Goblin Wolf Riders. Yeah. Or, you know, them would be. But I think with Warcry, you've got... Well, don't get me wrong, the, the, the big boxes of, unit, of, of them as a unit aren't cheap. They're 40 quid each. But you, you get a lot in there by the look of it. Mm. Easy, nice. I think if I was gonna, if I was gonna pick up those the Raven ones that I really like, the Corvus Cabal, to get Ravens, that's the box that I would use, and then butcher half of them for bits for my Space Wolf, and keep half of them as a warband. Yeah, definitely. I I I really like. Well, I like it all, I suppose. But Warcry. I'd like to get into Warcry. I really would like to get into Warcry. I um, I really enjoyed the game. I bought the box set and I played it once since we demoed it up at, at Warhammer World. I don't know if you came to that. You no. didn't come to that. No. That was when the that was when the tire exploded. No, um, no, I didn't come to that. Um, I really enjoyed it. Really did. Really fast. Really easy to play. Um. I think the only thing that I was a bit upset about was it was my own expectations, to be genuinely honest. I thought I was going to play a new Mordheim or a new Necromunda for the Age of Sigma, and it wasn't. It was it's different from that, and but that's that's because I put my own expectations on it. But actually, playing it for what it is in its own right, it, it's really good. And if you're a Chaos player, can't see a reason why you wouldn't get wow. involved in it. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's um. It's excellent, and I I really like some of the creatures they're bringing out. Yeah, because um, it it's, it's like it's like all the other things, like Blackstone Fortress and Necromunda. It gives you like them the ability to sculpt weird stuff that you wouldn't see otherwise. 
I mean, unfortunately, because because I'm an absolute wally, and you'll be you'll put your head in your hands on this. I um, I uh, I sold my scenery to Chris from the box set. Um, I don't know why I did that. I do know because I was trying to tidy out the room to move into this little room, and I was struggling yeah. to find spaces to put stuff. And I thought, oh yeah, Chris will paint that, and that'll be cool. But what a muppet! Because that scenery is perfect. And I think the moment that my heart dropped was when we were in Warhammer World, and on that shelf they had that scenery all done out on a Chaos Star. And I was yeah. like, that is absolutely perfect, perfect. So yeah, that was a stupid thing to do, but that's been done now. So hey ho. Mm. Um, you could get the um, you could get the Mortal Realms magazine that comes with the Warcry scenery it? if it turns up or you know whatever. Oh it's... dear, you having some problems with that one then? I've given up, mate. Do they take absolutely... them? What have you cancelled it? Have you? I've given up. I've just absolutely given up because I I signed up for it, put my card details in for like when it first came out. I never got sent a thing. Not even like just like a letter going, "Oh yeah, thanks." And then, then they sort of released and went, "Oh well, you know, our our pre-release was successful." What pre-release? You just you just you just ask people to sign up for it and pay money, but nothing happened. <laughs> so we're gonna so we're gonna release it like roll it out completely. So I rolled, and I thought, okay, that's cool. You know what? Look, what's in there looks great, and there's a lot of stuff, and I collect. Both the Stormcast and the um, Nighthorn, so bring it on. Um, and they sent me an email saying, oh, I'm sorry, but you have to re-enter your account details so we can take payment from you if you want to subscribe to it. So I went onto the website, and after like an hour of messing around, like creating an account on their website, it then told me I had to phone them. So I phoned them, and the woman was like, I don't... There's no such thing as a Mortal Realms magazine. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she goes, your account details are already set up. And I was like, well, I know they're already set up. It's a set up the last one. And then she, and then she said, oh, actually, I can see you've got a, a subscription for Mortal Realms on your account. And I was like, well, the one that doesn't exist. Yeah, I have. So then I... Then I so, but that's that all kind of sounded like it finished okay. So then they they sent me the first one and the second one again, but for the first time. And I thought, oh, okay, that's working. And then I haven't received any for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. And I got another email like a week ago saying, oh, you need to. This is you know it's another reminder. You need to you need to call us and reset up your account details. And I was like, I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So I, I might receive them. They might take money out of my account. They've got my account details, but apparently they don't have my account details. So I, I've just kind of given up with it. And That's it's terrible. not the only. It's not the only. Uh, I'm uh, hearing a lot of. I was going to say you're people not the haven't only been getting their who's had problems with it. No, it's really bizarre. Really disappointed, actually. Genuinely disappointed, and apparently the forty k one's been people haven't been receiving that for ages because they they moved warehouse or something, and because they're moving warehouse, they just decided not to do it until they've moved warehouse. It's bizarre, absolutely crazy. 
So we've got to say, my opinion of Hatchet Works is 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 hugely deteriorated. Mm. Um, I had it in the past, often thought about because they did like a like a massive scale Terminator, like from like Terminator, the film's Terminator, and it looked amazing. And I thought, well, I quite like that. Until I saw the price of it at the end would be like two and a half grand. <laughs> so maybe not. But um, if they'd have done something that I really, really caught my imagination, and I, I would have probably considered it. But I don't think I will now. No, no. I just had such a terrible experience. Like they've got, especially when it comes to money, it always it always worries me a little bit when someone's saying they need my account details, but they've already got my account details and. You know, I, what are they going to randomly it take? Fill you with confidence, does it? No, I, and and what Marcus was saying that they they didn't take any money from his account for weeks, and then tried to take like eight weeks all at once. Oh, I mean that's that's not that's not good. No, that's for the conquest one. So I, yeah, I, I've kind of called it quits with that. Very disappointedly called it quits with that. Um, and very disappointed that it happened so early on. Um. Mind you, better it happens at the start rather than halfway through. (laughs) I did see um, it was in WH Smith today, and there was like a quite a. It was like a unique Stormcast model. Yeah, I really want that actually because that's the that's the first one that Gareth Nicholas sculpted. Yeah. Um, when he was working for GW, so. uh, I didn't realise that that was the issue that was out this month. So, if you see one, can you pick it up for me? Oh, right, yeah. 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 Um, well, I can force myself back over to Kingswood, where there may may or may not be a Parsons Bakery across the way from <laughs> Yeah. Uh I don't need to go in. Um, yeah, so, again, a bit of a meander around the realms this week. Once we get back in the flow... Um, it'll be just as badly structured. Um, and unfortunately, another upset rant from me. I apologise, everyone. What I'm, is wrong I'm with you, Grumpy? A, I'm not uh, grumpy about everything at the moment. No, you're, it's quite, just so... you're quite hobby-inspired, aren't you? It's just getting some space to do it in. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I suppose, like I said last time, it, this is a hobby of passion. And um, when things get up your nose, they really get up your nose. Hmm. You'd think uh, they'd get stuck in your sort of beard, moustachey thing before they got up your nose, to be fair. Yeah, we're deflected by my beard force field. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, um, it's, is it the community now? I think it is, isn't it? It is. Our glorious community. If any of them it's... have left after this crazy episode. Mess. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Cool. See you in the community. Hail, glorious community. It is fantastic to be back talking to you. Um... Yeah, so good that I'm lost for words. What has happened? <laughs> Goodness me, three months, it's all gone. I, uh, again, it's Ben's bearded visage blow, blowing me away. So, uh, oh right, yeah, well, um, just to sort of 
start things off, um, just huge apologies that we haven't been able to keep on top of the community stuff as well as we have done. I know that there's at least one event that we didn't manage to um, publicise as as well as we could do. Um, I think I suffer from certainly um, a lack of oh, how can I put it? Rationality when it comes to thinking about what I'm capable of doing and fitting in and what I'm not. Um, so when people ask me to do things, I try my best, but um, if I'm really busy, I'll still say, yeah, sure, I'll do that, and then we end up not being able to do it, so I really apologise. Um, but, but I have that problem, but with food... Mm, yeah, me so, too. So I will, I will just, yeah, um, completely irrationalise what 2,000 calorie day looks like. Yeah. yeah um, it's at least two Domino's pizzas, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Talking about food, my mum made my daughter the most flipping epic chocolate birthday cake I've ever tasted in my life. I could literally have eaten the whole thing. In fact, I'm trying as we speak. I'm on my third <laughs> slice. <I'm> like, <laughs> so, Why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, so one of the other things that we need to say is that for some reason, Facebook has absolutely decided to just remove us from any form of notifications about anything that happens on the 2Ps page, which is really frustrating us. Um, for about a week, you were unable to comment on our hobby page, weren't you? Yeah, and even so, now, I can't comment on it as a P. I can only comment on it as me. So we're not really sure why We Facebook don't have a clue us. what is going on. It no. is a disaster. Um, the more literate social mediaites could probably work it out, but we're, we're not those people. Maybe the guys <laughs> from Pro Painted saw us coming, like, up through the rankings, and were like, have sabotaged us with their superior <laughs> knowledge. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> like, I don't think half of them are on Facebook, you said. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> um, right, anyway, well, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to, to, um, to shout out. We'll start with um, peoples, like we normally do. Um, and move on to a few events that we've been highlighted for us. Um, and then we're going to give a, a little bit of a rundown of some of the armies that we saw at um, Throne of Skulls, because they were awesome, frankly, and we want to talk about them. Yep. Um, so first one is to just go over, reiterate essentially what I said at the start in the in the hobby desk, which is um, the two channels, Real Terrain Hobbies and Goobertown, um, and their video on tabletop world scenery and the painting of it. it. They're a fantastic pair who pulled off some great videos, even though they both, by day five, looked like they'd rather be asleep. Frankly, <laughs> because there's like, a lot of painting. Um, and yeah, so uh, they're on YouTube, Real Terrain Hobbies and Goobertown. Um, I'd give them a like, shout to go over and um, follow them, watch a few videos. You don't have to take my word for it. I suggest you watch the videos before you follow them. <laughs> yeah. That's the first two. Um, I suppose also to reiterate, um, and say goodbye to Darren Latham's channel. Um, if you haven't already been over, then you won't really have much of a chance now. So I would head over and download the videos if you can. Um, and to just say thank you to Darren for all the awesome effort he's put into releasing what is a cracking set of videos that will spend 
as long as they can on my computer before they're not compatible with Windows anymore. I think. Um, <laughs> so if you, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, um, thank you very much, and we're really sorry to see you go. Um, other hobby shout outs, Dan. Well, um, I thought it was really cool just to shout out Ryan um, and yeah. his website. He does a blog, and he's been kind enough to include a little review of the two Ps. Um, I think probably from before our hiatus, so hopefully people have like not just gone, oh, well, where have they gone? Um, so uh, it's uh, the the website and we we'll do a ben we'll sort out putting this link somewhere for you to guys to look at Cheers, Dan. um the the art of now i'm, I'm gonna so say sasura sasura it's c-a-e-s-u-r-a dot blogspot.com um really interesting blog hobby blog uh about uh ryan's projects and he's put a bit on there about us so thank you very much for that mate just wanted to shout out and say thank you for that mm. um also wanted to give uh, another shout out. I have spoken about it before, but to Paul Allen over at um, Too Much Devland. So he has started a YouTube channel and is doing some videos now, um, painting usually single miniatures, but he's done a really nice go track recently. Really, really nice. And um, I think he might be even doing some commission work on some Primaris. Really willing to learn as well from feedback that he's given. So he did some stuff, tried out some transfers, got some feedback about Microsoft, Microset has now tried that. So it's good following him. And he's another guy who's got, he's got a young kid. Um, and, um, so it's good, a good one to follow if, if you're, uh, trying to work out how to do it with family involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cause it's not all that easy. We ought to shout out Clint as well, just because we're both wearing the heralds of war t-shirts okay do you know it's my and it's we my didn't even we didn't t-shirt. like ring each other up and sort of <laughs> that's maybe that's what we should have this is the difference though it's a good job we're not falling out over like wearing the same no clothes you in know? fact when i turned up to your house the other day harriet looked at me like i just dropped off the ceiling i was like what's up and she's like, i just double take your t-shirt and i was like oh i just nicked it off a dash <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, yeah, hope you're well, Clint. Um, just done CanCon, actually, Ben. Went really, really well. Yeah, I was watching uh, that for Over two, 200 players. Um, we'll get Wosley on at some point to talk through the, the lists, cause. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, the, the bottom line is with those things is that tournaments like that are an insane amount of effort. I mean, I can't, you can't sort of, really understand how much effort effort goes into organizing an event until you've done it and um clint and his team have consistently put on cancon um and it i don't know if it was this year or it still holds the record for the biggest age of sigma event in the world um and it's a high quality event and to to have big and high quality and consistency takes next level dedication um and he um, he does it with a smile. So, thanks, Clint, for you know keeping the Age of Sigma community in in Australia going or yeah. supporting it or however you want to look at it. Awesome, thank you. 
Oh my goodness. Right. So I'm going to leap straight into our um, hobby forum. So uh, again, this episode is replete with apologies, but apologies. Obviously, the the monthly painting competition has fallen off a bit, um, as has our responses. But just straight away, Ryan, who we just mentioned, um, has done... Have you seen this Balrog? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Oh, mate, it looks like it's glowing. Yeah, I've always wanted to paint a Balrog. Really good. Really (laughs) good. So that is ace. And then just above that, this man. This man makes me cry, man. Ian Craig, you are epic. Like, that terrain. It's just... I don't know how he does it so quickly. That's the thing that that's the thing that baffles my biscuit, really, because it's good. It's high quality, not just good quality. High quality, and it comes out like every day. There's a new. Oh, look at this massive army I've just painted last night. How, <laughs> like, oh, Ian? I, I, to be how honest, did you do it? I just want to invite myself to his house and have a hobby session because that with is a, just insane. It's with so a Luton, good. Luton van and a couple of mates. Yeah, the only thing that's wrong <laughs> is that in the picture hanging on the wall at the back there is an Imperium of Man giant banner with the Imperial Eagle on, which is just ridiculous. I mean, why would anyone hang anything? Where are the skulls and blood, you know? When you're doing, like... Well, he hasn't in, lost his What is it yet, called? So. Internal decorating or whatever they call it? Internal decorating. Interior decorating, it's called. Interior, not internal decorating. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's that as well. So, that's ace here. And, um, I mean, there's there's loads of cool stuff on here. Uh, What else did I see? James Stephen Cheesewright's been up to Warhammer World, to the Titan, the Adeptus Titanicus event. Oh, yeah. That looks good, man. There's some lovely stuff from that. And, um, John Askham over at D6 Miniatures has done uh, Alpharius. Yeah, I'm really torn about well. this. I mean, well, first off, the, the quality of the paint job is superb. But second off, it's Sigismund. And in my mind, Sigismund should just trounce him. But I can't bring myself to believe that, even if I want to. Alpharius, it, it might not even be Alpharius. No, it's true. It could be Bob... Third yeah. company, fourth squad. Or Alpha Legionnaire. He's <laughs> <laughs> drank the drink. And this suddenly... Hmm. Well, so... Um... So, yeah, some really great stuff on there. Now, um, we will kick the painting competition off again. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually thought of a, a topic just yet, but it's, what is it? It's middle of February. So, we'll look at kicking off another one. I'll do an announcement at the end of February for March's theme. Yeah, we're we're fully back on it, guys. Um, so, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get everything up and running again. Uh, we now have hobby spaces to operate out of, um, and the jobs have calmed down a bit. So, well, I say <laughs> I say that, but looking at your face, I'm not sure it has. <laughs> right. So, um, throwing of skulls. Oh, right. So. Now, importantly, if anyone is listening that um, is uh, went to the GT, we didn't see everything. But what I would say is, I, I went up to the G on the GT weekend just for a day, um, and w- was looking at the Age of Sigmar armies, and there were some really nice painted ones. But 
I was a bit disappointed that there wasn't more theme and and more more standouts. And again, I might have missed yours, so please not trying to insult anyone. But um, it was also clear that, and I guess this is fair enough. It was an event where people had painted to get stuff on the table. Yeah. Um, at to certain army builds. So um, we then I, I went up with Ben two weeks later, and we went to the. The, the Throne of Skulls was on. Oh my goodness. Like night and day. The armies, some of the armies were just incredible. So we took some pictures, certainly of the top six, was it, that were in the cabinet? Yeah, I took pictures of the top six. Um, yeah. So as well as some other bits and bobs. So, um, I guess I'd like to start with Steve Smith's Arachnarok Forest Spider-Man, Goblins. Yeah, because yeah. I know Steve and he is just, a blinding army painter really paints stuff to a lovely quality and has got loads of lovely armies. If you ever in Cardiff, um, pop into Warhammer Cardiff, um, which is just up from the castle. It was right almost outside the castle. It's moved a little bit further up the street now, but the quality of the stuff in there, in the cabinets, uh, and the armies on display is always excellent. A lot of it's Steve's really good stuff. This spider army, this, Forest Goblin Army is brilliant. He's got all the goblet, forest goblins off the back of the little spiders. Hmm. Um, and done them up and converted them up so that he's got forest goblins. Um, lots of foliage on all of the, the stuff. And one, I think you said, didn't you? One of the arachnorocks, you were like, I'm not sure if that's just going to come alive and start trying to get me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you were, yeah, if, if you were arachnophobic, I reckon you'd sit and watch it just in case, to be perfectly honest. Because, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was so nicely done. It was climbing over the, um, uh, the gloom spire, the, the, um, gloom spire that gets, um, piece of scenery, which I've, I think it's called the gloom spire. God, my, my flipping army and I can't remember the name of it. This is awful. Um, and the it just looks so spire. realistic. Moonshrine, that's it. Um, it looks so realistic. Um, it, yeah, it could give you the coll- collie wobbles. Tell you what, though, if that came out <laughs> of my closet, I would burn the flipping house down. The collie wobbles. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That just makes me think of Moon and Me, the kids' <laughs> show, with the little clown called Collie Wobble. Yeah, so... Um, I really liked that army. I really liked the effort put in to make make it a spider army. Um, yeah, definitely. We, and the, the, what was really excellent about it was the basing, because he'd used a lot of the cobwebby stuff, and it um, it worked really, really well. And I've always wondered whether or not the cobwebs would be robust enough to stand up to being a, an army army kind of basing thing, or yeah, whether it would just be okay to use for display models, but I mean, there it was and it was standing up quite well, so um, I asked that question answered and it looked fantastic so um, it's a pleasure to see that, Stephen, thank you. Um, <clears throat> the, I'm going to go on to um chat called Slow Painter Loz um, on Twitter, who had a fantastic Iron Jaw army. Um, this army had a scratch-built um, Idol of Gork, which... I thought looked well. It's not often you can say this, but the scratch built one looked ten times better than the original. So, um, 
it it now made me <laughs> very keen to make one out of bark because I think that's what he'd made his out of. Um, absolutely superb. And um, I yeah. think when we saw it, a, a lone chaos corn cornate warrior was trying to have it on with no, it. No, 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 no. It was a blood secretor with oh, the banner. He was going to have it. Oh, well, he didn't. Uh, he didn't have it at all. Yeah, he, he died he mercilessly he in a puddle. But uh, <laughs> the army itself, <laughs> it, it immediately comes up when you, you pop him into Twitter, um, is uh, superbly painted. Um, and as an Iron Jaws player, it's lovely to see a, a, a really nicely painted Iron Jaws army. <clears throat> it's inspirational. Um, so that's excellent. Next on my list is Ricky Smith's Nuln army, which we spoke a little bit about in the last mm. section. Um, I'm not, re- I've been looking at the pictures and I, it's really quite difficult to work out exactly how he's made his rank and file infantry, but they're all kind of gun wielding. I think there may be some of the pistoliers in them. Um, and I think there may be. I think um, actually there might be some of those solar auxilia. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, and the arms maybe from the uh, Caradron Overlords? Mm-hmm. But well, the conversion is so good that it's actually difficult to, to pull them apart, really, and work out what on earth has been used to make them, which is, I think, quite a sign of a, of a great conversion. But mm. I've been staring at them for some time, trying to work it out. They've got, like, mini cannons... There's definitely some character and overlord in there, but yeah. that's about as far as I've got. <laughs> it's so, like a walking, steam-driven, crazy robot thing. That's yeah, brilliant. he's used penitent engines, um, and quite incredibly, he's got the um, that, that the lectern from um, the New Sisters of Battle lectern, floating one. Stuck a Caradron Overlord kind of hover spear on the back, um, and he's got his wizard on there. Um, fantastic! That looks really good. Um, what I like about that is the contrast he's got between the, the blue glow and the, his army is very yellows and reds and sort of earthy metal colours, and then the blue glow sticks out on that quite quite a lot. So that's it's a really nice overall army. Look, when you come across it on the tabletop, it's it's excellent. It really is. Yeah, so that's that one. <clears throat> Next on my list is um, an, another um, Cities of Sigma army, which I think is stolen the show, and I, I think it's got a lot to do with how the book is written. Um, the Cities of Sigma armies, that is. Mm. Because it gives you so much... It's like a open book to do whatever you want in some ways, modelling-wise. Um and as a result, you're getting these really quality, like, themed armies where people are coming up with all sorts. So the last one on my list is um, it's by a chap whose handle is AJ Ghostarm on Twitter. And he's he's got multiple halfling units in his army. Um, cavalry that are done in an um, insane way. Just bring up the picture so I can remind myself. So his cavalry uh, done using the juggernauts of corn with um, dwarves and iron, 
Ambrose mounted on the back. Um, absolutely fantastic. They look insane. Um, he's used, which I really like, the the uh, rogue trader from um, Blackstone Fortress is his army commander, um, which looks ace. Um, and one of the things that I've, we've seen a fair bit of that this guy's also done is Cordor used in um, Cities of Sigmar armies, um, mm. which is really cool. Uh, it works perfectly. It does, yeah. Um, and one of the cool things about this chap's army, and the, the dwarven steamroller thing from um, Blood Bowl is in there as well. Um, yes. Is that there's loads of different regiments in there that sort of, but all tied together using the same colour scheme. It's very, very good. Um, yeah. So there we go. So I think another one for me, that was pretty ace, was um, Rich Packer's army, which again was a Cities of Sigmar army, and it had he had the Celestial Hurricaneum yeah. on top of a Carnosaur, so yeah. that was flipping amazing. And yeah. also, each of his units was themed, and it goes a bit back to what you said about the Cities of Sigmar book is so good for allowing you to do these things. Um, now, Rich uh, certainly was, I think he still is, work, works for Games Workshop, and um, clearly... Uh, knows a lot of people in their bits boxes because he's got units. So he's got a unit of great swords being led by a fire mage, and every single one of them has got the flaming sword from the yeah. fire mage model. Um, and his fire mage is so nice. It's some. Um, it's the Grand Phenogenist Volkmar, um, with like a, a swapped out head and stuff. So that's really nice. And then he's got a whole unit of like death guys, where he's got they. They're the um, Phoenix Guard models, yeah. But then he's replaced the halberds with the with the scythe from the same wizard kit, yeah. I mean, yeah. in fairness, I'd say about it, but he may well, based on looking at the army, have just bought ten of those kits. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and <laughs> they've got yeah. so many great yeah. bits in there. But again, really, really nice. Um, and to be honest, you know that all these wild conversion ones. There was also. Pretty sure it's James Karch, his Stormcast army. Yeah. Just beautifully painted. Really nice. And the amazing thing, as I said to Ben, is like that is just part of a massive force that he has. Um so yeah, some really nice stuff. Um couple of other bits to shout out. So I saw a a giant flying caradron ship made out of um oh, so good. The scenery from the Ideneth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, so that was really good. My uh, favourite was bit funny. Is what he said to you. Yeah. Yeah, I said to him, Oh mate, that is that is amazing. And he said, It might be amazing. He said, but I am never ever building another one. <laughs> 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 and um and then also, um now I'm not usually a fan of LEDs or lighting in miniatures. Yeah. I, I I just don't get it, if I'm honest. Um but there was a, a Fire Slayer's army where he put like little flickering LEDs in the braziers on the forge scenery. Yeah, I didn't get his name. A, it's a shame. No. And another one that was inside one of the magma spells. Yeah. And the way he'd done it, it, oh, it just looked great, mate. It just looked really good. Uh, oh. I was very impressed. I think because because it was quite subtle in a way, it didn't um, define the army, did it? It it, it kind of no. it, 
it um, augmented the army rather than being mm. the key feature of it. So it, it worked because it wasn't an army relying on the LEDs to make it look good. No, indeed. So yeah, that those were standout bits. Um, oh, and there was a, an ogre army that were all based on like the idea that I think was that they were all around fire bellies. So they had like they were billowing out yeah. fire out of their mouths and stuff. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm sure there was loads we of could, other we could stuff. As so well. many. I mean, it was Brad Glover's um, Skaven Caradron as well. So I mean, there was there's so many armies there, and that was been featured in um, Warhammer Community. So all in all, we were really impressed with that event, actually, um, in so many ways because there just seemed to be a lovely atmosphere there too. We wish we'd. Um, worked out that we were going to be able to spend that weekend free and then we could have got tickets to it. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, so, events. Did you have some events in mind? Mm. Only a couple that um, people have asked us to shout out, or one, I think, um, that popped up. <clears throat> so Dickie Pierce is um, a chap who lives up in Bristol and he is running a meeting engagement AOS um, tournament on the 28th of March at Bristol Independent Gamers. So um, he's asked us to shout that one out. Oh, cool. That'd be good. That'd be interesting. I'm quite, I'm quite interested I've been to thinking see. about doing meeting engagements a bit more because it's a smaller size table. Yeah. I think... I'm tempted to get a map. I think if I, if I really got myself in gear and got some terrain done and stuff, I'd, I'd look at getting a custom cut mouse pad mat gaming mat for the right size yeah, yeah, absolutely um, would be quite cool oh, that'd be good to see um, it just, just occurred to me that I don't think that we've been on, that we've recorded an episode since we met up all together in um, Devon for a gaming weekend. Quite possibly not. No. Anyway, so um you know, in the in kind of vein of events while well, we were up there we went in Pops into Curtain saw them they were running a um Star Wars Legion event which looked very good. Um I'm very I'm so tempted by Star Wars Legion. Now that the models are getting better as well, I just I resisting um so to go through some of their upcoming events because um they're kind of central to both of us we've got the um curtain cup 2020 um which is a blood bowl um event and that's coming up on the 29th of february um we have um the x-wing store championship at curtain games on march the 14th and age of sigma blood death and vengeance my Roman numerals are not great, but I think that's eight on March the 21st. And at the end of March, make 10 men feel like 100 um, Star Wars Legion skirmish tournament. So they've got a couple of cool events coming up too. Sweet. Um, and the dates for Warhammer Fest have been announced. And the venue for Warhammer Fest has been announced, and it's not the same. No. It's going back to the NEC. Yes, exciting. 
Um, second and third of March, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, May, sorry, second and third of May. The price has been adjusted to um, reflect that <clears throat> as well. <laughs> That's a very refined way of putting that. It. Yes, it's not cheap, is it? It's thirty pounds for a day, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and forty something for forty-five a for two. It used to be very expensive when I, when we were staff members, it wasn't that cheap. Well, know, I can remember it being because it was only when it was when we were staff members, it was only one day. It was only one. day. I can remember yeah. it being thirty pounds. I think the most it got to it was thirty pounds, but that included the games day miniature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it did. And <clears throat> the thing is, that NEC is a is a is a big venue. It's a massive venue. Um, enough of when I worked it, the only time that I worked it, uh, I worked on Forge World, and there was a, a hall that was at least the size of a football pitch, at least. Um, <clears throat> and we were at one end with our tables and and all of the stock, and the people coming to buy Forge World stuff had the run-up of the whole length of this hall, um, and it was like being hit by a a charge, frankly. Um, so I'm hoping that the reason they've done it, because it, it didn't feel crowded in Rico Arena to me. Ne- no. Never did. Um, so I'm hoping the reason that they've done it is that they're going to have, it's going to be different. <clears throat> that there's going to be something different about it. Um Whatever it is, I'm going to go because I flipping love it. I love it every year and um, it's going to be awesome. You're thinking Definitely. of one day only though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm probably going to go on the Sunday. Hmm. See, I, for, for me, all the way down here in Cornwall, doing it over a day is just brutal. One way or another, it yeah. has to be two days. Whether I stay up there and do the event for two days or whether I do something else on the second day. It's such a long way to go. It's it's nigh on six hours of driving there and back. I think so it's twelve hours. What of driving is this? Sh- the, hmm, the only bit that's a bit of shame for me is Gold Demon. Not that I ever really look at Gold Demon. I do. Maybe I'll just go on the Saturday. I don't know. The thing is, what I tend to find happens is, and this is the same as when I go to Warhammer World, I go, have a massive injection of excitement for like three hours or three or four hours, and then I want to do some hobby, like sit and do some painting or make something. Yeah. And uh, and invariably, like, it takes like... <sighs> Zinchen level negotiations to get a weekend away, um, <laughs> and and then like it's like it's like if you imagine your hobby tokens and you spend them to do things. Well, the the amount that I burn to go away for a weekend is so extreme that by the time I get round to being able to do some hobby again, it's a bit late. Yeah. So I get very despondent if I'm stuck in a place where I can't do any hobby. Even if if that place is Warhammer World or Warhammer Fest, yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, so I'm really tempted to just go up on the Saturday, for example, and then take all that excitement and use it on the Sunday. Mm. Um, but but equally, 
I'm working on the Saturday for a start, so I'd have to sort that out. So I might just go on the Sunday mm. and see if anyone's around. Ah, oh, we'll see. It's a little way off yet. We'll work it out. Because the other thing is then accommodation. So then, because it's so it'd be fifteen pound more for the ticket plus then accommodation. That could be money spent on toy soldiers. <laughs> yes, it could. Or books. Or oh, well, yeah. <laughs> All the money goes on books. <laughs> All the money goes on books. Cool. Right. That's cool. Community was fun. It's nice to be back. Thank you, all of you. There's 289 of you in the uh, hobby group now. Um, many of you post in regularly, so thank you very, very much for that. Um, and if we can get Facebook to stop being frustrating. <laughs> that's the politest way we've put it. Yeah, but that's the appropriate way to say it. Um, then we might even start responding again. You could just respond or just change your personal account to two piece. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's I don't not, think it's not like you I do don't think, use it anyway. So I don't think you can actually. I think Facebook will tell you off for not being a real person. Oh right, yeah. So anyway, guys, thank you for listening to the community section. Yep. Uh, we where are we going next? Did we decide? Oh, let's just do it into the words and sort of okay bamble through whatever we want to talk about. I got some f- a few things to talk about. Okay. I think I shall see you then in the wild places. <laughs> Born to be wild. Welcome to Into the Wild slash Journey to Middle Earth. Slash that bit at the end where we talk about whatever takes our fancy, really, to be honest. Dan's pulling his eyebrows up. He seems to think that because we're on a podcast that um, his facial expressions come through to everyone listening, no, but they don't. So people get confused people will most of the time. know what I'm thinking. That is the strength of my personality on uh, our podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway. My charisma. Um, my charisma. I bring the charisma. <laughs> and you bring the beard yeah, hair. That's fair. You bring the <clears throat> facial hair. Bring facial hair to a podcast. Excellent. Right. <clears throat> Let's talk about Fallout before this goes to a weirder place than it already has. Um, Did you see that street sign that somebody had done for Fallout? No. Oh, it was brilliant. Send it to me. I don't know. I, I did it. I don't even remember if I saved it. I'll have to look it up. Fall, Fallout has got a number of really cool, um, like modeling forums on Facebook, which are for, like scenery and stuff. But, um, so I got for Christmas a bunch of Fallout stuff. So Joe got me the Fallout core set. Um, she got me the Raiders core set, the Brotherhood of Steel core set, um, and the, Bottle caps. So, for those of you who don't know what Fallout is, Fallout is a computer game that is set in a alternative future. And by alternative future, it makes the assumption that things in our history diverted sometime around the nineteen sort of forties, fifties, that we became adept at using nuclear power 
um, and far more adept than we are now, because I think the premise is that society effectively embraced it, so they have got nuclear-powered cars, etc. Um, they've worked out how to do fusion, um, and they've got lasers and power armor and all that kind of stuff. And it's got a very 1950s sort of aesthetic to it, 1950s, 60s aesthetic to it. Um, so the cars all look a little bit like that, and the, the homes are all a little bit like that. And it's very tongue-in-cheek in a lot of places. In the computer game, the attention to detail is astonishing. The games are massive. Um, and every environment that you go into, someone has paid attention to the story of what happened there or what, you know, what's going on there. And it, it comes across really well. It's really loved, um, by the video game community and Modifius, who are, um, a company who have taken those things and moved them into wargaming or role playing have, um, have taken hold of Fallout. They've also done Skyrim, um, if you're interested in that. And um, they've also done Star Trek. Um, I've done a crazy set of models for Star Trek. Dude, the Skyrim models are amazing. There yeah. are some amazing models for that. Yep, they are. Yeah, so they're done in 32 mil scale, both the Fallout and um, the Skyrim ones. Um, pros. It's very Fallout. They've captured the aesthetic perfectly in all of the artwork, in the books, in the cards, in the tokens. The bottle caps are the currency used by, in the poke, because it's all post-apocalyptic. Um, there's a post-apocalyptic currency, and you can use them as tokens, um, and they're actual bottle caps that have been printed. Um, so they're really cool. Um, like a really quirky way of playing the game. Um, Do you use them in the game? Yeah, you, you even get stickers inside to stick in the inside to use them as tokens. Ah. Um, so they're not just a quirky thing for like Fallout fans. Um, and they're really cheap. So they're like, uh, 10 pounds for 50 or something. You know, they're not like excessive at all. And they're made by an actual bottle cap making company. So well, you would think really... they would be. That would make sense. Well, no, what I mean by that is they're not just a replica. They are an actual bottle cap. Oh, right. Um, yeah. um, Game-wise, I haven't had a chance to play it because obviously I've been moving. Really excited to do that. I've um, picked up some MDF, like post-apocalyptic scenery to start my little board. Um, but so I'm, what I'm going to focus on in, is the models. So when they released this, they gave you two options and one of them was PVC plastic and one of them was resin. And after the release splash, they went on to just keeping it just a PVC plastic in the starters kit. Um, all of the other models that you can buy are in resin. Um, and I have to say, I think that is a huge mistake. Huge, huge mistake. Because the, the quality of the PVC plastic is, it is a whole kind of level behind the resin. It just doesn't come across at all well. The, the weapons are very thin because it, it's a, it's just done to scale. There's no kind of heroic-sized weapons. Um, and they bent in the box. It took me a while to reset them using hot water and what have you. Um, the detail isn't as good. The mould lines are poor. Um, and I looked online, and you can get the whole starter set set of models again um, in resin for, like, 
not a small amount of money. And I think I would have personally preferred them to just stick them in the status kit and put the price up by twenty quid. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that was re- that that's a dis- that disappointed me. It was I was really kind of a bit gutted by that. Um, they'll they'll be. I, I suppose there's two bonuses to it. Um, well, there's one big bonus. You don't have to put them together. They're already assembled, um, so you can get them out of the box and start playing straight away. So that is a. I think that's what they were going for, and that's the reason why they've done it. Um, I suppose the other thing is, I'm not really going to know just how good or bad they are until I've painted them, mm. and how much I can get out of them. But uh, what came into the, the the real kicker of it is that in the other two sets, the Raiders and the Brotherhood of Steelbox set, they were resin, and they are phenomenal. Those models are absolutely superb. Um, and some of them were one piece models. They are they're just excellent and um very little mould lines. It's gonna be very little work to put them together. Um and I'm really excited about getting them done. Um so I suppose for me, it was because I had I was able to contrast the two that made it a little bit disappointing. Um but I'm really excited to finally put my toe in the water and get stuck into the game. Um because it's something I've really wanted to do, <laughs> as you well know. Um, but I shall probably buy the resin set of miniatures and I'll probably leave the plastic set for, for like, gaming, I suppose. Or, like, messing around with or mm. letting the kids play with. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know who... Mo- well, I know who Modifius are aiming at. They're trying, to, they're trying to capture the board game market as well, I guess, at the same time. So mm. the people who don't want to model. But... From a, I suppose from a wargamer's perspective, I'd have preferred that they'd given us the, the two options that they did when they released it. So here's the resin ones you want to assemble. I, them. I mean, I think that would that would be okay if it was if that's how it was available on their website. But you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do that and ship the game out in two different formats to a store. Because no, you'd true. need twice the amount of all the other components, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but yeah, like that, so overall, really impressed with everything, apart from that one that one drawback. But you know, I, I'll enjoy using what it means is I can get the game out and start learning how to play straight away. So there is an advantage, big advantage with it. Yeah, because if you if, if you take for example Blackstone Fortress, I still haven't played my set of Blackstone Fortress, because I haven't put the damn thing together yet. So, you know, there's the uh, flip side to that coin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to dive into Blackstone right now, but I love Blackstone. Um, Call to Arms is their Elder Scrolls game, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I saw some of the the models that they're going to do for that, or they're announcing for that, just look really, really good. The um, Imperial Legion and Stormcloak faction starter set. Oh, man. They look ace. Really nice. be lovely as um, in wartime, for example. Yeah. So, I mean, just for those who aren't, Okay, um, I can't imagine there'd be many people who don't know about Skyrim, but it's another role-playing game that Bethesda have released. 
the Imperial faction look very kind of Romanesque, um, and the Stormcloaks are kind of Viking-esque. Um, and it, yeah, they're they're fantastic models. Game's great as well. I played Skyrim first when Tristan was born, mm. and um, racked up 120 hours of gameplay um, overnight for the first fortnight because he wouldn't go to sleep. So I ended up with him sleeping on my chest playing Skyrim. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking through their website, looking at the different things that you've been talking about. Yeah, there's um, Modifius is a fantastic company, really. When it, they've got so many games that cover really big IPs, like Star Trek is yeah. a great example. They don't just cover one part of Star Trek; they cover the whole lot. They do the Star Trek role playing game, and they have models for you know the um, original series and the next generation. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, really, if they ended up with models for, um, you know, the newer stuff like Discovery and um, Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not dwell too much on Picard because I'm absolutely in love with it and we could talk for hours about it and this isn't a TV review show, although it could quite easily be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, if you don't know Modifius, it's worth just going and checking them out, because if nothing else, there might be a model or a game there for... Because uh, they do Cthulhu as well. Yeah. I mean, this is big IPs. It's not, you know, Bethesda's Fallout and Skyrim and, and Cthulhu and Star Trek are big, big names. You know, They've got huge followings, so it just goes to show the level of trust that these companies have in Modifius. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to produce a quality product. And I'm not surprised, really, having pulled those Fallout models out. The resin ones are just they're, they're, they're as good as you're going to get. Cool. So, um, did you have anything else, Wilds? Not, not from the words, but there's a little bit to talk about from Lord of the Rings, isn't there? There is, yeah, yeah. Um, which we thought we'd crush them all into one this time. Um, I unfortunately missed this bandwagon because I was distracted by moving and didn't A, have the money or B, see it in time to get hold of one of the Rohan Scenery Stronghold sets but I the Rohan Scenery is one of the best things that Games Workshop has released yeah, in, wonderful, in a long time it's just add that to the lake house and uh, Lord of the Rings scenery is is um is magnificent, really. Yeah, yeah and it's great. What I'm really excited about with the Rohirrim stuff is that it's very modular. So, ever since I've it's been released, I've seen countless untold versions of how to assemble a Rohirrim longhouse, and I've saved about thirty pictures. Um, and I don't know which one I'm going to choose when I get mine. <laughs> it's got to that stage. It's um. It looks like a fantastic kit and very reasonably priced. I I think, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the that yeah, like you say, that and the lake house are really good, and they're I nice. The, they're nice things that really set 
they're very Middle Earth, I suppose. The the Rohan yeah. scenery in particular really makes sure you know you're not just playing in generic field number one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a lovely scale, the 25mm scale, mm. um, for scenery, I think. Uh, and I think that... um. I think they'd be a worthwhile addition to any scenery collection for for um for role playing or whatever. I think I think they're great. They really do. Um and the stuff they've released for Rohan that you know, the Rohan at war. <laughs> the the um Dunlending Warriors are my personal favourite. The Axemen who look like Ferengians, the the um Memory. the founder of Rohan as well. Um the founder of Rohan's model is is good enough that it could it's just a generically awesome Viking-looking dude as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll probably find its way onto my role-playing table at some point as well. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I haven't done... Well, I haven't done a lot, obviously, as we've already discussed a few times, but I I was working towards the scan of the Shire, which has, has gone on the back burner now. I've... Um, been really excited by doing a Gondor force, so I started buying a few bits and putting them together for that, and then I found a load of them that I had, which was good. Uh, I so wish I just found them. whole armies when I was thinking of doing them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you ever think hard enough, I'll find like 50 Rohirrim just sitting in a box, painting Well, maybe. Just sit there and sort of will them into existence. We've been a little bit so Chris, um, Goff and I try and game once a week, which normally keeps my hand in on Necromunda is what we had been doing and we've done Lord of the Rings. So we, we've been sidetracked recently because Chris loves writing rules um, uh, and regularly does. So now he's written his own dungeon crawler, um, which is why I was bugging you about getting my, uh, well, the Warhammer quest stuff I gave to you back because we want to crawl through some dungeons. He's written his own rule set for this. Um, so we're going to have to come up with another snazzy name for that. Uh, like, Crin- Crin- what was it he called the last one? Inquisitor. When he did his uh, Inquisitor-style <laughs> one with the playing cards. Um, this one's interesting. It puts me in mind of a mechanic from Bushido, when I tried to read that, where basically you you have a set number of combat dice and you have to choose how many of those dice you're going to use to defend yourself and how many you're going to use to attack so um you can go all out on the attack which is fine but if you don't kill everyone you leave yourself open to getting nobbled basically yeah um uh, but it's really again I, i've said this before i said this when when he we were playing in Crystal all the time he uh, he he comes up with a framework and stuff, and then we play it, and then the bit afterwards is great, where you're like feeding back. You know, how did that feel? Did that kind of work? Did that capture what we wanted to capture? So one thing that um I that that I felt was lacking that I really liked the idea of was having like a dwarf slayer be able to scythe through loads of enemies. So then we put in a rule where if you slay an enemy with a slayer you can consolidate and make a free attack so essentially you end up 
with like hordes, you can be like scything your way through them, um, and things like that. So yeah, it's quite it's good fun. It is good fun. Um, it's something I've never really done. Rules writing. It's an interesting process. I think the challenge is like there's so <laughs> there's so much to be played and enjoy. Yeah, it's like when we went to Warhammer World and I pointed at that wall and I was like, dude, that's why we've got no time and no money. Because it's got they've got a picture of the front cover of the box set for every game they do, haven't they, on the wall? In Bugman's, yeah. In Bugman's, the core system. So like And it 40, takes up the whole wall. And it takes up the wall and you're like, Yeah, play every single one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh Interestingly as well, talking about dungeon crawlers, on um on Stormcast the other day, um they were talking about the Warhammer Quest series, which led me to believe maybe we'll see another one at some point. Well the um it's a bit of a shame really in some ways. Um I don't know what decision making process was behind them getting rid of Silver Tower and keeping um Shadows of Hammer, but I think we'll probably find that the next one will be a uh, Warhammer Age of Sigma, or maybe an Old World Warhammer Quest: The Old World. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? That would be good, as they're bringing that back. In a sense, that would be um, that'd be a lovely way to do that because you know Warhammer Quest, you know, the whole thing found itself started in that in that setting, so. No, That'd you can't buy cool. you can't buy shadows over Hammerhow anymore. Really? So they're they're all gone. So that's the that's definitely what they're going to do next, then, isn't it? Mm. So Warhammer Quest of some description from from the fantasy side. Um, Medifius do a kung fu panda board game. They do a um, Thunderbirds board game as well. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, loads of interesting stuff. So, so that's it. We are back. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the two piece podcast. There might even be some posts. Um, we did do a few videos on YouTube. Um, in hindsight, trying to diversify our content while struggling to even create any content was probably not <laughs> not the best well plan. but the vi- in fairness it's the videos that um doing the podcast every 2 weeks and we're going to be looking at how often we do the podcast to, to make sure that we get a podcast out regularly um and we do it to the quality that we we insist on ourselves doing um and by that i mean not the quality of the content, but the quality of the editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, two weeks was, every two weeks was tough. Um, and when we've got the time and energy, it's fine. But when we haven't, it, it, um, it can make it really difficult. So we'll be looking at that, but we're going to be trying to do that regularly and, and then doing the videos regularly as well made, was quite tough. So I wouldn't expect if we're going to do videos, it will be silly ones, really. Um, rather than meaningful hobby content. But um we'll see. We'll see how things develop. But we're um 
we've now got a lot more energy time and we're not moving our hobby desks around so we're hoping to get right back into it although yeah. a lot of my hobby time might be taken up with digging the trench in the back garden to put cement in to put the shed on to put the hobby in that's if it doesn't <laughs> fill it with water so um at the two-piece podcast on twitter instagram and facebook and uh, we will see you beautiful folk next time bye